Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, and thank you for checking out the podcast. Coming up, Chef Jesse Friesen, Winnipeg's gold medal winner of Canada's Great Kitchen Party. Rick Mercer will be on the podcast talking about his new book, Final Reports, and a TechVox student, Heidi Wright, performs her song, The Boys of Valor Road. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please rate the podcast. And now, the podcast. And speaking of great food, we have Winnipeg's gold medal winner on the phone now from Canada's Great Kitchen Party, Chef Jesse Friesen. Hello, Jesse. Hello, sir. How are you? Congratulations, man. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, it must have been incredible. Tell us about last night. Tell us how it all went down. Well, last night was uh, was a great night. Um, you know, we had a tight frame of feeding about 600 people, including uh, seven judges, uh, you know, just under two hours, or just over two hours, sorry. Um, so tension was high, but the room uh, was great, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good, friendly competition. Half dozen of you, some of the best chefs in Winnipeg, and you all had to feed that many people? Correct. Wow. Have you ever done anything like that before? You know what, I've, uh, I've definitely had some um, good... Experience with this. Uh, this is the third time I've competed, so I uh, I definitely um, brought that experience to the table. And what did you serve up? Tell me about your meal. Uh, so what I served was a dish. It was a terrine of uh, local boar. Um, throughout the terrine, there was some foie gras and lobster, and then on the plate with it was king oyster mushroom, um, rutabaga, and horseradish puree, uh, nudi verde, and then just a bunch of nice garnishes. So I went for. Um, technical skill, um, and then just nice balance. And I paired it with um, Blue Mountain Brute. Excellent. Man, it sounds great. Now, I got to ask you, how does that compare to what you do on a regular basis at the Merchant Kitchen? Uh, It's quite different. Um, I actually really enjoy doing these kind of things uh, just because it is different and it's kind of nice to get out of your own comfort zone and do something a little bit more challenging. Uh, The biggest challenge is definitely having to serve that many people in that time frame with the space given, because you're essentially given a small station and then you have to bring in all your own equipment. So we did have a couple hot components on the plate, which required us to have portable burners and uh, hot boxes, that kind of stuff, sort of speak. So it's definitely different, uh, but in a good way. One of the judges was a friend of mine, Chef Barb O'Hara. I mean, you've got some really high-end people judging what you do. That has to be really satisfying to win gold knowing that, that caliber of judge was looking at what you did. Yeah, it's a it's a great feeling for sure. And um, I didn't know this until earlier today, but I, uh, I I did win the gold as well in 2016. So I believe I'm the only chef in Winnipeg to ever win gold twice for the whole uh, I think 13, 14 years has been going on. That's fantastic. And now you go to the Canadians, the Nationals in Kelowna at the start of February. Sure do. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And what will you do there? Will you do the same, something similar, or start over? I think I'm going to keep the foundation of the dish the same, but do some tweaking for sure. Um, I do think my plate was good, but uh, to be going up against another dozen champions, uh, you definitely need to 
to bring your top game. Yeah, I've talked to a lot, and I know some of the people in the culinary world uh, here in, in Winnipeg and in Manitoba, and they say all the time how lucky we are to have such great chefs here like you. What is it about us here in Winnipeg? Why do we have so many really creative uh, people in the culinary world? I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, mentorship over the years. Um, some of the veterans in the industry have really passed on their experience and their knowledge and, um, and the, the, some of the high profile chefs in the city right now come from a lot of those uh, seasoned chefs. I also think that most Winnipeg chefs don't, uh, they, they, there's no risk. They they put it all on the line and they and they roll with it. They don't hesitate. They're uh, they're very brave and they really stand by their work. Yeah, because I think at a competition like the the nationals, the Canadians in Kelowna, uh, I I think we come in. The, the perception is well, it's Winnipeg, right? But yet we are right up there, man. We're world class here. Absolutely, hundred percent. You know, we uh, we take everything we do seriously here, and something like the nationals, very very intense two-day competition, so uh, either you go give it all you got or you might as well not go at all. That's the way I look at it. Well, Jesse, best of luck at the uh, Canadians in Kelowna. That's happening February 1st and 2nd. You'll do a great job representing us, and again, congratulations on gold. Thank you very much. There he is, Rick Here. Mercer in studio. Here I am. Oh my goodness, oh why, my. Are, why are we yelling? I don't know. Because <laughs> I started it. <laughs> That's the way it goes. I was just outside and I just Instagrammed a photo yes. of of CJOB when it was underwater in 1950 in the transmitter on the roof. Isn't that cool? What an awesome photo. I'll tell you what, if you get a minute, I don't know if you looked at all the photos. I looked at a lot of them. Fantastic, are right? You, are you on the wall with hair? I am not on. No, I am not on the wall no, with hair. No. That's an outrage. Uh, Abbott and Costello, Bob Hope. I, I mean, it's just crazy. But I did. I Instagrammed that picture because that's a phenomenal picture. It this is. A radio studio underwater. Yeah, right. And then they moved the transmitter to the roof. Phenomenal. 1950. Wow. 1950. Yeah. yeah. It really is a pleasure to meet you and, and nice to have you on the show. And I Thank appreciate you. you coming in. So you just autographed for me. Uh, a copy of your book, Rick Mercer, Final Report. You're yes. in Winnipeg to, uh, well, meet people and get sign their books and hopefully sell a few, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. You're at Walmart on uh, South Keniston tomorrow noon to 2. That's exactly right. And uh, Rick Mercer, Final Report. So yes. this is it. You're putting a bow on the career, are you? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. I'm putting a bow on the you're show. Like, you're like Kiss, you're I, like Kiss right? Yeah. It's another farewell yeah. tour. How many did who do? I don't know. They're I, all the same. I, I, I you no, know, it's it's putting the bow on the 15 years in the Mercer Report. Right. And I went with the title Final Report because Profiles and Courage was taken. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's tough to come up with a title. Yeah. But, uh... But uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's the best rants from 15 years. But also there's a bunch of stories about being yeah. on the road, things that went right, things went wrong. You know, some people that I, I met along the way and some stuff that got a lot of attention, stories about Jan Arden, stories about Pierre Burton rolling the joint, yeah. all sorts of fun yeah. stuff. Of course, uh, as soon as you walked in, I had had to introduce myself as the 34th greatest Canadian of yes. all time. Yes. Yes. You, 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 you took a perfectly good CBC show. <laughs> and I ruined you it. hijacked the whole bloody I ruined works. it. You, you know, there they were. It was, a, it was an attempt at nation building. Yes, right. And here you came along. Well, it's I an get, honor to meet someone it, well, so great. Please. You're up there with Banting and Best. <laughs> 
my honor to meet you. But I do give full credit to the CBC for allowing, because they could have very easily went, well, that's not going in, right? Right, but they... But, but they, they put me in there. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. hey, you got the votes. That, I did get the votes. Well, then there you go. I did. And what did Banting ever do anyway? Or e- Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, your uh, book here, uh, do you have any from Winnipeg in here or any involving Winnipeg? Well, well, you know what? It's interesting. I was on the road for 15 years, and what I write about is being on the road with a gentleman of the van, and for... So the same four people I was on the road the entire time. Wow. One of them, Mike Grayevsky, is a Winnipegger, born and bred, and, uh, well, born in Poland, but raised in uh, Winnipeg, and uh, a huge Winnipeg fan, huge Winnipeg Jets fan. He was the reason why we came here and we shot with the Winnipeg Jets. He somehow made that happen. And so we shot here a lot. You know, I shot at the Forks a number of times. I remember you on the bridge uh, on the, over the, well, it's like the Norwood, between Main Street Bridge into Norwood. I shot at the, at the, uh, I shot at the, um, the medical school. And you know, one, one thing I did, I remember one time we, we were, we were shooting and something went wrong. I can't remember what happened. And, and we, 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 we didn't have a shoot and we were here in Winnipeg and I said, uh, we're going to find the toughest person in Winnipeg. That'll be the, yeah. right. So I, I started going out interviewing people on the street and it was so cold. Like I, w- it was just very, very cold. And, yeah. and I kept saying, who's the toughest person in Winnipeg? And someone said, Dr. Giesbrecht. And I was like, <laughs> okay, who's he? And he Where said, is he? Oh, he's just in there. And it turned out, of course, he's a cold water researcher. Wow. He's the guy, right? What do they call him? Dr. Popsicle or whatever? Oh, yes, Dr. Yeah. Popsicle. Yeah. I know him. Am yeah. I saying that? I think it's yeah. Giesbrecht. Yeah. So Dr. Popsicle. So next thing you know, this is not even scheduled. And, and and so they say he's in that building. So I'm like, well, let's go in there because I've got to get out of this cold because I'm going <laughs> to die. I go in there. I find out he's a cold water researcher. And he's like, well, come on in my lab. I'm yeah. about to do an experiment. And then he ends up lowering me into a tub of water. And then throwing in bags and bags and bags of frozen ice yeah. and put me into an early hypo, what do you call it? When uh, you, when, when uh, hypothermic chamber? An early hypothermic state. And they put a huge uh, a thermometer up my nose. He wanted to put one in the other way, but I said, <laughs> no, we're on at 8 o'clock. Um, <laughs> And so I declared him the toughest guy in Winnipeg, wow. but uh, I was the one who was dunked in the ice. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. We we shot here a lot over the years. Yeah. Now, tell I got to ask you because you just talked about one that just sort of happened. It wasn't yeah. really planned. How many were like that? Because I know in radio when we do what we do, those are the sometimes the most rewarding where you can make something out of nothing, right? That totally, absolutely. Now it didn't happen a lot because, but it yeah, would because happen. you're very planned. Well, and, but you know we were on the road in Canada in yeah, the winter, so right. so say you're shooting in in Winnipeg on Monday, Tuesday, and it's February, and then you're going to go to Saskatoon the next day. Well, you right. mightn't get out. Yeah, you know, and then you're in the Arctic or in the North, you mightn't get out. So things always happen where you had to make it up on the fly. That's how I met Jan Arden. Mm. I mean, Jan Arden became a regular on the show Mm -hmm. and it was a show that did not have regulars and i was again another shoot fell apart and i was in calgary and i thought well what am i gonna gonna call yeah and i didn't know her Mm. and i said well call jan and she can show me around the town like 
you know, we'll get, we got to get five minutes. And yeah. she, I called her and she said, okay. And she showed up like 20 minutes later, no makeup on her hair, just a mess. I was like, are you sure you're ready to go? And she's like, yeah, let's go. And she <laughs> said, oh, I know what we'll do. She said, we'll go to the zoo and we'll play with the animals. Then we'll go to Calgary uh, Olympic Park and we'll get on some of the rides. I'm like, they don't have rides, Jan. And she's like, oh, you know, the things that go down the hill. I'm like, the bobsled? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, this woman is crazy. The things don't work that way. Like, yeah. there's a bureaucracy. There's, you know, you got to go up to the... But every door opened for her. And we ended up shooting this phenomenal piece where we ended up in a bobsled on a luge and shoveling the back end of an elephant. And, <laughs> and she just became a regular. And that was one yeah. of those things that just came out of the blue. Yeah. The characters you've met, though, eh? I mean, over the years, oh, yeah. like, just... It, it, it must be, looking back, it must be, you know, you've got things going on and you'll have more things. You'll have a long, long career. You're Rick Mercer, you know. But looking back on the people you've met and yep. the things you've done, that has to be rewarding, It's, eh? it's very rewarding. And, and, you know, I do a live show where I play what I consider highlights. And there's a couple of packages. And one of the packages... Uh, it still is kind of a pinch me package because I look, it's like there's all the members of Rush are in it, the people from the Tragically Hip are in yeah. it, Pierre Burton's in it. Like there's all of these, you know, quote unquote, great Canadians like yourself, number 34. But uh, I appreciate you remembered because usually it's your number or whatever. 34 is high. Yeah. But then the other reel, which I really love, yeah. uh, is a, is just people from Every province and territory, they've never been on TV before. They'll probably never be on TV again. They all look fantastic. They all sound like, they mm. sound fantastic. They're funny. They have something to say. They, and they look like rock stars. And I love doing that more than anything. Meeting mm. a guy named, you know, we're on a shoot and met this guy, Red McGilvery, who was like in his 80s, <laughs> World War II vet. Yeah. And he brings me out in his shed and he takes out this, 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 like, this, like, uh, uh, well, it's a, a ice, ice, what is it? It's like a canoe with a giant sail on it. Okay. And they like they they race these things across oh, the ice. Oh yes, I see. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know, know what, what it's York called. Boats. It's death defying. It's a coffin. York is what boats, it's called. Apparently, York boats. I think it's a coffin. Is what it's called. It's a <laughs> coffin with a giant sail. <laughs> okay. And uh, and then I spent the day with him, and it turned out to be a phenomenal shoot. I didn't know I was going to be talking to this yeah. guy at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And that was always my favorite stuff. Wow. And eventually, as time went on, I was less interested in talking to a prime minister and more interested in talking to an oyster fisherman. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I hear you. I'm the same way. I'd much rather hear, you know, from just an average Canadian because everybody's got a great story, eh, Rick? Sure. And everyone's got something to say. Yeah. And more and more people in, quote, unquote, public life, mm. you know, whether they're politicians or anything else, they're the ones that won't say a word. They're mm -hmm. just they're just so scripted and, you know, it's all so planned yeah. that you eventually after, you know, 10 minutes, you're like, why am I even talking to you? Everything yeah. is coming out of some sort of speaking notes that you have. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd rather just talk to a, well, a farmer. Listen, it was great to have you here. Thank you very much. It's really a pleasure to meet you. Thank and now, you. And now, next time you're in Winnipeg, you know, I got a couch in the basement. If you need a place to stay, I am the 34th greatest Canadian of all time. With the probably the 34th greatest couch. Well, it's up there. It's I, don't know if, I don't know if it's in the top 50 or not, but, uh, you know, I've used it for a while. Okay. But congratulations on the book. Rick Mercer, final report. Again, you're going to be at Walmart, South Keniston, tomorrow between noon and 2. Yes. Please come out, buy a book, say hello, pick up some slacks. There you, yes. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rick Mercer. Thank you. And now Heidi Wright is here as well.
and you're you're going. Who is Heidi? Uh, Heidi Wright. Heidi, go ahead. Your mic is on now. What were you going to say? <laughs> I said, hi. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you here. I was talking to the guy behind you there, but that's okay because you are a big star, and you are <laughs> going to be an even bigger star because you have done a wonderful song. I really want people. There are many performances online that they can go and find. The Boys of Valor. This is a song that you wrote, and you're going to perform it for us. Yes. Um, you were a Tech Walk high school student, mm-hmm. grade 11. And why did you, and Remembrance Days on Sunday, why did you want to do the song The Boys of Valor Road? Just get a little closer to the microphone and tell us uh, why you wanted to do this. So my mom and I were driving down Ellis, and I saw the mural of them. Mm-hmm. And then I went home and started researching, and I thought it could have been a good idea for a song for Remembrance Day. Absolutely. Fantastic. And you just saw the mural and said, hey, I'm, you know, going to, you'd heard of it, right? You'd yeah. heard of them, uh, but you didn't really know the story, and yeah. you researched it. And being a musician, you thought, this might make a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We talk on the radio a lot in this business about how do we let generations, younger generations, understand the importance of November 11th and and why we remember and and pay tribute to the men and women who have, in many cases, given up their lives, right? Mm -hmm. The ultimate sacrifice. And so I think this is really cool. And that's why when Cam told me today about you, I said, let's get her in here because I think other people your age will hear you and see you and want to learn as you wanted to learn mm-hmm. after seeing that mural. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Really, it's important. You know, this is this is important stuff. I um, you, Maybe one day you'll have a better understanding of how important this is. So I'm really excited. I've seen your performances online, but will you perform for us now? For sure, yeah. All right, here we go. Heidi Wright, Tech Voc, high school student, grade 11. This is her song, The Boys of Valor, rode on CJOB.
one and the same Three brave souls rose one day Distinguished themselves in extraordinary ways Upon their wings they're soaring While we all stand in mourning And remember them in no uncertain way This is a story about the boys of Valor Road Right. Fantastic. The Boys of Valor Road. That is a wonderful tribute. Thank you. Yeah, it really is. Good for you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming in. That's a great way to head into uh, an important weekend. And I know you've got a CD coming out, and we've already made the deal that when your CD is out, you are coming in to tell us about it and play another song for us, okay? For sure. Thank but you. But I'll tell you what, that's gonna, that's a hit in, in more ways then you know that is a, a big hit. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.